0: Hello listeners, welcome to the Ed Surge On Air podcast. My name is Jenny Abamu and I'm your co-host. Today, we have a fun conversation. We are talking science and comedy, you guys. And this is the fun part. There is actually a really, really um, intricate art to making science fun and entertaining. Bill Nye has done it. Neil deGrasse Tyson has done it. And maybe now it is time for a woman. Well, meet Sophia Strand
1: dogs are so real why aren't there any dogs in my studio right now hello dogs hello there's no such thing as a dog some people would have you believe that a dog looks like this then along comes somebody else and says actually a dog looks like this (laughs) well which is it can't be both They say that dogs are running around chewing on bones. Well, my doctor said my body is full of bones. (laughs) Why am I not covered in dogs right now? (laughs)
0: this thing cracks me up every single time i watch it so science with sophie mixes a bit of feminism with science a difficult combination of things to put together in a comedic fashion but she does it well and her goal is to get more kids particularly more girls interested in stem we'll have that conversation with sophie right after this this episode of the ed surge on air podcast is brought to you by the EdSurge webinar, making EdTech Efficacy Actionable. Do you wonder if you're getting enough bang for your EdTech buck? Do you want to have a conversation around efficacy but aren't sure where to start? This panel discussion is for you. To learn more, visit EdSurge.com slash E slash webinars and click register now. Welcome back, listeners, and welcome Sophie to the EdSurge on Air Podcast.
1: Thank you, happy to be here.
0: Excellent, so we are excited to have you. I wanted to first ask you, I, after you showed me your YouTube videos and stuff like that, I was so excited. What, was the, what is the goal of your show, Science with Sophie? How did you begin it and who's on your team?
1: Ooh, the goal of Science with Sophie is to provide strong female science role models to everybody. Um, it sounds maybe a little wacky to say, my audience is everyone. But the primary audience is for kids to get kids excited about science. And I realized as a woman in STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math, um, that we don't have any female role models on TV doing science, right? The only one that I had growing up was Ms. Frizzle from the Magic School Bus, and she is a cartoon, you know? She's not a real person. So I decided if I can't see it, I'm just going to be it. So that's the goal of Science with Sophie, is to be the thing I wish I had when I was a kid. And uh, our team is, it's not just me, right? It's just me on the screen playing all these funky characters. Um, And my writing team is all women. They're all scientists, educators, and comedians. Um, At least two of those three things, each one of my writers. And they're from all over the country. um, And they weren't hard to find. I like to say smart women all around you, you know?
0: They're all around. So, did you study science? How did you get into science, comedy, entertainment? Like, that's, a, that's not usually an easy track to get into. So, I'm curious yeah. what made you, what led you to this path?
1: Yeah. Um, I have degrees in neuroscience and theater. And I got those degrees at the same time. I went to Northeastern University in Boston. And it was really one of the only schools that I visited that didn't like look at me like I had three heads when I said, those are the things I want to do um because they seem really different from each other right but they are really i think looking at the world from different perspectives to answer similar questions right like why are we humans here what are we doing here what is our uh what does it mean to be human why do we do what we do right and i think neuroscience and theater are super complementary so i always loved to combine science and theater in different ways. And then I moved to Chicago to study at the Second City, which is a big comedy theater out here. And I really got the comedy skills under my belt. And I performed at that theater for a while. And it kind of all magnetized together to create this show that is science, comedy, art, uh, in, in addition to all the science
0: fascinating so before we go to our next question i want to play a small mu- musical interlude from one of your episodes on evolution you're kind of singing about how these tiny um creatures like roaches and whatever and whatnot have survived um and i just thought it was really really fun Hay- bragging about their scaly girth
1: until an asteroid collided with the planet blocking out the sun with dust the ice age came in. And- Frozen into Earth's crust but Deep in caves Seeked from ice we tiny little survivors The mammals That live in new arms Just wake to dream of fire Yeah, it's hard to stay alive When the world Is caked in ice It's hard to stay alive oh, <laughs> no I was thinking
0: to myself, wow you, So oh. you have a bunch of talents You are dancing you're singing, you're acting, and you're also telling jokes about so many different topics like scabs and tears and gum and potholes and dogs. How do you decide what you're going to do for each show and what the theme is going to be? <laughs> um, you know, for season one, I looked around and
1: thought, what would a kid encounter in her daily life? And what interests me? Because if I'm not interested in it, it's going to be harder to write about. Um, the caveat to that is that I find almost everything interesting, so. <laughs> I am like, Ooh, there's gotta be some science there and there and there. Um, so really focusing on finding science in daily life is what I am all about. Because sometimes we think of scientists as being in a lab, it might seem kind of removed or like something, you know, I can't do that. I don't have a PhD. And science is literally everywhere might sound like a really big thing to say. And I will stick behind it. 100%. Um, that if you look around, point to something right now. And I guarantee you there's some science there.
0: I won't test you on that, though I am (laughs) tempted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pointing
1: right now. You can't see. But if you're listening right now, take a second, point to something, and think about what is the science behind it? Because I bet you it's there.
0: Okay, what are you pointing to?
1: I'm pointing right now to a pitcher um, that is made of glass. So there's a lot of chemistry there and the science of glass and how we get it to form different shapes and melting points and uh, chemical structures. And then like the shape of it itself, who decided what shape would be best for this particular pitcher? Was it because it's beautiful or because it's functional? Oh my gosh. So there's engineering. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you make this so entertaining for kids. I mean, and this is not always the most easiest subject to make entertaining. Is this just something that you, you're naturally talented at, or is this something that you can also teach teachers to kind of learn, the, learn from the ways that you think about or teach science to kids?
1: Yeah, it's something that I've been innately curious about for a very long time and then have crafted these skills, I think, and practiced over time. Um, I work at the Museum of Science and Industry as well as Creating Science with Sophie, and I teach 24,000 students a year. So I get a lot of practice in terms of how, uh, how to communicate what works, what doesn't work, and learn and evolve myself. So uh, one of the things I'm thinking about is how to bring this to teachers as well, because I've talked to a lot of teachers who are interested and would um, love to get on board with this kind of wacky approach.
0: And what, what, what has been their conversation? What's the main thing that they're concerned about? And what, do they wanna, what can they s- see themselves learning from you?
1: I think one of the main concerns that I hear from teachers a lot is uh, how to mix this style and this kind of new idea with standards that have to be met. And with the kind of constraints and just the time constraints of being a teacher, right? You're so busy. There's no time. Uh, You have to do a million things and wear a million hats. So what I hope to provide with Science with Sophie is a resource that teachers can use. It aligns with next generation science standards. So as teachers are transitioning to that method of teaching, that you can use an episode to spark conversations, to know that it aligns with the teaching standards and you can kind of have fun in a new way, uh, while still knowing that it's really, uh, it's really quality science.
0: Fascinating, and I noticed that in one of your episodes, um, in the there was one particular one that I thought was super entertaining. It was the first one I watched, which was the episode on dogs. Mm. You do this really funny thing where you spoof on kind of this fake news era. I think a little bit, kind of at, at the beginning, you ask like, "What do dogs even exist? How do we know?" I'm not being all you know, these are like really funny questions. Talk about the production that went into that particular episode.
1: Yes, that one is one of my favorites because. It really kind of gets to the point that good science makes for good life skills. So in science, one of the things we talk about a lot is bias, recognizing bias, being able to analyze from evidence, and being able to ask really good questions, testable questions that you can find evidence to support. And this is what makes science very solid. And it's a good thing to be able to do in your life, right? To look around and be like, hmm. There's a lot of information in the world, right? There's so much information coming in from all sides, all angles, all media, constant 24 seven news. And how do I know what is backed by evidence, right? Um, there's a, a part of science called claims evidence reasoning or a part of education, I should say. Um, there's a part of education called claims evidence reasoning where you make a claim, you gotta back it up with evidence. And then you have to talk through how it works and how it matters and uh, put it all together. So if I can use comedy to do that and spark that uh, skill set and that practice, ooh, ooh, isn't that exciting? Um, what a rich, fun way to think about the world. That's my approach.
0: And when I was watching your um, show a little bit, I was kind of thinking about the other figures that I've seen similar in similar uh, styles like Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson. How would you say those figures might have um, influenced or not influenced your work? And how how would you describe Science with Sophie as a different model from what they're doing?
1: Bill Nye is a huge influence for me because I'm a kid of the 90s, so watching Bill Nye the Science Guy was uh, really impactful for me. I love the show. I still love the show. When I go back and watch these episodes, they're really smart, they're really funny, really progressive, I love it. and I definitely used some of that inspiration when I was thinking about what I wanted to create. And I also was thinking, how do I bring that into uh, this decade? Because that was done over 20 years ago, you know? And while I love it because it's nostalgic and I still think it's really strong, um, does that translate to kids today? And I've talked to a lot of teachers who are like, yep, we still use the Bill Nye videos in our classrooms and they're great. And I would also love something else, something new and fresh, um, and something that has a woman, because that is really the gap that I noticed, right? We have Bill Nye, we have Neil deGrasse Tyson, we have David Attenborough, we have Carl Sagan, all these amazing science figures and icons. And where are the women? women are doing science. So why aren't we up there with just as much uh, respect and notoriety and reputation?
0: So that's what I'm all about. Have you received any pushback from your work?
1: Um, you know, there are always going to be some trolls, right? Especially on the internet. And that has increased as we've gotten more popular because the more eyeballs you have, the more people are going to be like, I don't like women, but it's pretty rare. Honestly, it is pretty rare. Um, everybody who I've met in person and talked to about the show. And I would say 99.98% of people who watched it and give me feedback, um, are like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And that's men and women. Uh, I have people on my team who are men and that's really intentional because a lot of times when I hear stuff about the gender gap, it is a true problem, right? It is an issue that we have to fix, um, and a lot of approaches that I see and hear about are kind of divisive, like it's sort of a girls' only space or a an us versus them mentality. is that do you know what I mean? Definitely and that is, I think, really a missed opportunity because we all have to be part of the solution, right? Everybody needs to get in on this. Um, mission to really promote equity across borders and boundaries here in our culture. So let's all do it and let's have fun doing it. If you notice in the show, um, it never says like, come on, girls, let's go. It Mm -hmm. is simply um, showing by doing it, you know, that we have this strong female role model. She's doing science. She's being weird. She's being goofy. She's not perfect. She falls down. And when she falls down, she gets back up. So there are a lot of really intentional messages sent and it's everyone invited to come play.
0: So now what would you say is the toughest part about breaking out in a YouTube era? I mean, everyone has their own YouTube show. Everyone's doing, or not everyone, but I don't. Some people do. A lot of people do. And um, how do you build something that stands out the way you're building your work?
1: Yeah, it's a really uh, big question because there are so many um, exciting moments happening right now with the internet and YouTube, like everyone can do their own thing. And that's so cool because, um, it puts a lot of agency in the hands of people who are really creative. And then the flip side is that it's freaking everywhere. So how do you, um, how do you compete or market? And when we launched season one, our marketing budget was $20 So (laughs) it was seriously like an organic growth, which also for me as a scientist was an interesting experiment. I thought, let's see what happens if we have no money and we just do this. We crowdfunded, by the way, um, Mm -hmm. to do season one. So that was also pretty cool because it was validating to me that people wanted to see it, you know, that we had people from across the globe donate small amounts of money so that we could pool it together to make this season. So how did you end up crowdfunding? We crowdfunded 45,000 dollars, wow. U.S. dollars. Very exciting. Um, and I had called in a lot of favors because the show is pretty high production value. It's not just me on a webcam. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so that costs a lot of money and uh if we had Netflix money or if we were on a network that would be pretty easily funded and we could do even more but um we're not and i really like that youtube is so easy to access it's free i really want this show to keep being free for kids and teachers and parents and caregivers um and so it's been a really interesting journey of how do we get this out? And that's our next step is we've made it. We're going to keep making more. And I am ready for this to reach millions of kids. That sounds like a pretty audacious number and I'm, I'm with it. I'm game. Um, we've reached thousands already and YouTube really gives us the opportunity to reach millions. We just got to get it out there.
0: So what is the next phase of science with Sophie? What should we be looking forward to? What kind of, um, antidotes or even episodes or any changes that we should be thinking will might happen next. I know you're looking for partners.
1: Yes, we are. Um, we are doing quite a bit of stuff right now. So, um, one thing is that, uh, On the business side of stuff, I have been named a 2018 Camelback Ventures Fellow, which is very exciting because they focus on underrepresented entrepreneurs, so women and people of color. And uh, that's been really helping me in terms of how we look at our plan to really create like a widespread impact. So that's really exciting. And then we're going to be crowdfunding again for season two. We're going to launch that in a week or so, um, June I guess, I don't know if it's actually a secret now that I say it. Um, Maybe it's a surprise. But um, very soon, we're going to be launching our crowdfunding, uh, another crowdfunding round. So that's really exciting, too. And we're going to get people on board. And we're going to, now that we have done it, too, we crowdfunded with just an idea. It didn't even exist and now we've made it so I'm really excited to bring that back to the world and say let's make more and then we're gonna make more we've been writing season two Um, season two has more episodes more experiments we're gonna meet some exciting women in STEM Um, we're gonna meet more kids too they're in the show and I can tell you that we have more types of science this time as well so we're expanding out so that we really hit um, some technology stuff I have the neuroscience background, so bio is my particular jam. So season one is kind of bio-heavy because I love that. Um, I love the other stuff too, and we're uh, going to get really creative and and wacky with it.
0: Fascinating. So where can people go if they want to support your work when the campaign launches?
1: We'll be launching on Indiegogo. So if you do indiegogo.com backslash science with Sophie, that will be where we live. Um, and then we will also be, if you want to check out the series, we're on YouTube. So youtube.com slash science with Sophie. You can also go to sciencewithsophie.com and that has all the episodes and we'll have the link to the crowdfunding too.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sophie, for joining us today. We really appreciate having you on and super entertaining.
1: Thank you so much, Jenny. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on and for inspiring scientists everywhere.
0: This has been the Ed Surge On Air podcast. This episode was produced and edited by me, Jenia Bamu, and you can give us a grade on the quality of this podcast by rating us on iTunes or sending an email to us at feedback at edsurge.com. You can also subscribe to us on your iPhone podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next week with more on the future of education.